Now for our weekly check-in on the global economic outlook. Let's bring in Jeffrey Kleintop, Chief Global Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab. So glad you're with us. So much to discuss. I always make this whole list of what we can hit. Um, what's on your mind first and foremost? You know, there's been so much going on uh, globally. I know we've got the jobs report tomorrow, and maybe there's a potential there for maybe a, a potentially softer than expected reading, not because of the initial jobless claims numbers for the survey week. They were fine. But we're seeing more of a drop in new openings for jobs, and the, the ISM index certainly a, a drop below 50, suggesting employers just aren't as hot about hiring right now. So we'll have to see how that shapes up. And that is going to be important for the direction of the markets tomorrow and maybe into next week. But I think more important is the outlook for earnings. That's what I'm most focused on as we look out to the next couple of weeks. Historically, there's a really tight and leading relationship between the global manufacturing PMI, it's an economic indicator I always look at, and the earnings growth for global companies. You can see it in this chart. As of the, the latest reading on the PMI, it turned negative in September, and that points to flat earnings on a year-over-year -year basis. You can see the 50 line here for the PMI, which is the division between expansion and contraction, is right in line with, with the zero line for earnings. So when we're above 50, we tend to get earnings growth, and we're below 50, we get contraction. So what this is telling us is a pretty flat picture for earnings as we look out to Q4. And the leading components of this, Nicole, like the new orders component of the PMI, suggest a further slide ahead in the months uh, yeah. com coming, like uh, October and beyond. And that points to a decline in earnings. This is not what analysts are forecasting for Q4 or Q1. So I think there's a potential for downside guidance from business leaders as we start to hear what they have to say about the quarter just starting next week. And here's my thought, and I'm glad you brought up what's going on in earnings. And the big picture here is we have a rising rate environment, right? And we have an inflationary environment. But that as earnings is approaching, Things will change, like maybe we've seen the peak inflation, maybe recession is coming, but the real question now is that the shift will focus away from rising rates, rising rates, because we already are going to get very used to rising rates, and then it's going to be all about earnings and that they are weaker than expected, and then, then that will pressure the market. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about because that's been the one biggest support. I know it doesn't feel like there's been a lot of support for stocks this year, but we could account, we counted on earnings. Analysts have been forecasting growth this year and growth next year consistently despite economists forecasts for recession. Analysts have been looking for growth. So we know most of the decline in the markets, really all of it has come in a contraction of the price to earnings multiple. Very, very, uh, uh, very telegraph for a lot of the, the higher multiple stocks out there. But now we've got the risk of earnings declines as well. And while I don't think they're going to be um, devastating, I don't think we're going to see a 20, 30, 40% earnings decline as we've seen during some recessions in the past. This may be a single digit, almost a dip in earnings, call it a, a soft, maybe even a soft landing for earnings. But it's not what the market's pricing in. And therefore, we're, we're vulnerable to some disappointments here in the weeks ahead. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. And, you know, I'm waiting for that jobs report tomorrow. But to your point, we're getting economic news that is showing a few things. We've gotten in jolt, fewer jobs, right? There's still tons of openings, but fewer job openings. You had uh, claims, jobless claims are moving higher. Fed's getting what it wants, right? Prices paid are coming down. New orders are coming down. Um, maybe this gives the Fed the right to not pivot. Pause. At some point. Yeah, that's, I, I, and, I, and I think that's true. Um, I, I think it might be 
another month or two before that becomes apparent for the Fed. But it is becoming clear for some of the world's other central banks. Norway, which is the first group of 10 major developed market central banks, to basically say, we're pretty much done. They did 50 basis points last month and said, we're pretty much near the end. The Bank of Canada is indicating they might only have maybe a couple more 25 basis point rate hikes to go. We've heard from the Reserve Bank of Australia, similar things. So I think we are seeing some of the major central banks around the world saying, yeah, maybe we've done enough here. There's enough slowing going on, including in the labor market, right. that we were getting ready to pause. And so that's the next development. But And that could be a positive, maybe year-end uh, boost for a Santa Claus rally. But I'm afraid we've got to get through this, uh, this worrying environment for earnings before we get to that. And the correlation between what's going on abroad and here at home, I know you've been watching the pound very closely. Mm. It hit new lows not long ago. Tell me a little bit about why this matters to us here at home. Yeah, so the interesting thing is that we could look at the pound and go, wow, the UK must be a real mess. And there are certainly economic challenges there. Although what this drop in the pound has come along with is a new budget that actually includes a lot of fiscal spending. In part, that fiscal spending is not paid for by uh, tax increases. And so the result is stimulus to the economy, which is weakening the pound. But what it's also doing is boosting the earnings outlook. This is what's amazing, is you can see it in this chart here. Earnings estimates for UK companies have continued to move higher in the second half of this year, uh, especially compared to the S&P 500, which is in orange. Of course, the UK is in blue on this chart. The S&P 500 estimates for 2022 are roughly back to where they were at the start of the year, around $224. But earnings for UK companies have continued to climb. They're now at 236 pounds, up about 7% from the start of the year. That's not great, but it's not what we're seeing everywhere else. And this has really helped UK stocks outperform the S&P 500 this year by 21 percentage points in local terms. I mean, they're basically in line with the S&P 500 on a year-to-date basis, but that's because the pound has come down so far. And that's not too bad for a company that's been in the news a lot lately. And one of the reasons is that UK companies get a lot of their revenue in dollars. Actually, most of the currency that most of their revenue is denominated in is dollars. 27% of sales for UK companies come in dollars. Only about 20%, 19 to 20% are even in pounds. So they actually benefit from the drop in the pound relative to the dollar because their sales are going up, benefiting from that higher dollar, while their costs remain largely denominated in pounds. So that's a margin expansion story here that's really helping to propel these earnings estimates higher. So I just bring this up because it's easy to assume, given the drop in the pound, that things in the UK may really be a mess. And economically, that may be true, but not so much for the stocks. They're doing pretty well because the vast majority of their sales are overseas. Yeah, yeah, understood. And just as we were talking about overseas, of course, we have geopolitical events, we have Russia-Ukraine, you have what's going on with Europe and oil coming from Russia. December 5th is approaching. At the same time, you have OPEC Plus cutting 2 million barrels a day. I know we're going to look to the Strategic Petroleum Reserves, which many say is a Band-Aid, but I'm just thinking bigger picture, and that is rising oil prices are more likely than falling oil prices, I would say, right? Um, that would mean higher gasoline prices. How long are people going to have pain, whether it's in the markets, whether it's in the economy, whether it's in jobs? When are things going to feel better again? <laughs> 
Well, unfortunately, they may have to feel a little bit worse before they feel better. I do think that this labor market is critical. The weak, weakening labor market, some signs that it's weakening, really important to getting rent inflation down. We know that's the biggest driver of overall inflation. It's not energy, it's actually housing. And so as that begins to come down, I think we'll begin to see signs of that later this year. That might be a sign that the central banks uh, more broadly can begin to pause. The energy situation is certainly something to uh, focus on here in the near term. But I remind you, OPEC has never been a price setter. Their moves are usually in response to the price. Usually they lag it by a few months. So usually they're, they're cutting output already after prices have begun to fall. They usually continue to fall after they've cut. They're usually in lag response to what the real demand picture out there is. And we know demand for fuel is, is softening. We've seen that in not just from OPEC, but we've heard it from the International Energy Agency, uh, the US's uh, Energy Information Agency as well. So I think this is in response to weakening demand and therefore probably not going to put a, a firm floor under prices. We're seeing a bounce here because the cuts were more than expected. But I think we're seeing a downtrend in terms of the demand usage for fuel. That's likely to linger yeah. for another quarter or two. And that probably puts a cap on how high energy prices are going to go and their impact on inflation. Right. Remember what happened during COVID, right? When there was no demand and oil was tanking. And, uh, you know, this, it, I mean, there is a direct correlation to your point. I understand what you're saying. The only thing that could push it higher is it's hurricane season and it'll be heating season. Um, those could be a couple of things, but much to discuss going forward. That's why you have to show up every single week, Jeffrey Kleintop. We need you. I'm Chief Global to be Investment Thanks so much Strategist, Charles Schwab. Thanks, Jeffrey. Have a great day.